Welcome to the dough, where Cash is queen and we hardly know her, but we're still here figuring her out together. Because y'all, season two is here, okay? Hosted every week by me, X Maya. Remember, I'm going to be talking to all types of people about their relationship to money. Reality stars, entrepreneurs, financial experts, and even some of my own friends. Basically, anyone who will get real with me about their dollars. How they make money, how they spend it, and how they save it. Because I'm trying to retire early, people. Season 2 of The Dough is out on March 21st, wherever you get your podcasts. Join us on Archetypes, a dynamic podcast hosted by Megan, the Duchess of Sussex, as she digs into the labels that try to hold women back. In each intimate and candid conversation, Megan is joined by guests like Serena Williams, Mariah Carey, Paris Hilton, Issa Rae, and Trevor Noah as they delve into the roots of countless common descriptors of women like diva, crazy, dumb blonde, and the B word, and redefine and reclaim each identity along the way. The complete season of Archetypes is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Lemonada. I'm Kiki Monique, and this is I'm Sorry, the unapologetic show about apologies. And this week, I had to pay my first California utility bill for my new place. And now I need to figure out how I can live in the dark, not bathe, not wash clothes, and still have friends. <laughs> and this is Mohana Del Sheikhi. And literally yesterday, I paid my electricity bill, and I think I don't need light anymore around the house, too. So I get it. Um, and my name is Oha Lopez. And I have yet again uh, shared my location with Mohanad accidentally. This is my move. I hope, I just really want people to know where I am and to join me. Um, for those people who accidentally share location, at least we're safe, I think. Yeah. Also, Oha, I mean, it does not matter if you share your location with me or not. At this point, <laughs> literally, I know that you're on a lake. That is true. It's it's so easy to guess where Oha is. Like, literally, if, if you've been, like, looked for by the FBI or something, everybody, like, is, she's at the lake. Where do you think she is? Yeah. Um, first of all, that's so romantic. Yeah. The she's at the lake is a great response for, I think, anything. Um, and I feel, um, I feel really good about being at the lake. It's my favorite place. It's Montrose Dog Beach in Chicago, Illinois, and it's the single greatest place on earth. Even for people who don't have dogs, I'll call them dog voyeurs. They come, they hang out. They're people who just want to look at other people's dogs. No, that makes sense to me. Yeah. 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 Well, I just want to say, um, oh, I think you might be mad. I don't know if you're going to be mad at me, Mohanad, for this, but oh, how you might be mad, um. I'm sorry, but avocados and guacamole are disgusting. They make me gag. The texture is wrong. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm tired of lying and saying I'm allergic so people don't judge me. I just want to say I don't like avocados. I do not like guacamole. And when I see avocados and eggs next to each other, I om- I want I'm almost dry heaving now because it's the thought of those two next in a bowl together. I cannot and no, I never will. I just can't. I feel like between me uh, saying that I hate iced coffee and now Kiki saying that she does not like avocados, I feel like we're literally isolating our fan base that are white women. 
we're trying to stop them from like listening to the podcast which is like really unfortunate because i feel like this episode is going to be like the one that white women are gonna love (laughs) oh yeah it's true True. (laughs) this is the most white lady episode to date okay i'll say this about guac and guacamole though i think I think the second they started like charging extra for it, like you have to pay a dollar extra, like if you're like I don't know, like at Chipotle or like buying just like <laughs> a burrito yeah. or like whatever, everyone was like, "Oh, I want this." Yeah, it suddenly got hot. It was like a hot commodity. That's right. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like if it's free or avocado, and I think people like love avocados because like also avocados like one of those like things that are just like go bad immediately. So it feels like you know. <laughs> There's something Healthier. about it. No, there's something about it that just like feels Are you like avocados like a fuck boy. We're like true, yeah, truly, like, yeah. <laughs> it's like charges a little extra, kind of expensive, like exactly. sort of like soft and buttery, and also kind of elusive and mysterious. Absolutely, because like you get avocados, and then the next day, avocados are gonna be like, I am not the same anymore. <laughs> I've changed. I am a di- I am different now. You left me for too long, and uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I'll just let you know that I do have a bit of a vendetta against an avocado, but it's a specific avocado tree in my grandma's backyard. I'm from Venezuela originally, and we had literally a mango tree in the front yard and an avocado tree in the backyard. And as you walked, avocados would fall, so would mangoes, and they would just rot on the ground. And I probably slipped on avocados maybe 25 times in my whole life. So it's like the Latino banana peel, even though bananas are pretty much the Latino banana peel. But still, um, (laughs) I I will say I I have both the vendetta against the physical avocado, but truly delicious should they be that expensive what is I'll a house i you know what I, I feel like avocados are one of those things like if you go to a place where they like naturally grow they might test so much better it's like when you when you like buy tomatoes at the grocery store and then you grow your own tomatoes and you're like is this what tomatoes are supposed to taste like <laughs> what yeah. what kind of shit have i been eating my whole life yeah. So I feel like it's one of those things, too. So we'll see. I mean, we'll wait. I'll test it in some other country and, and report back. Well, um, whether, you know, if you do love iced coffee and avocados, then you are going to probably love um, our next guest, or at least this next episode. We have Emily Gellis, which, you know, I just moved to L.A. I am from Brooklyn. So Emily is this influencer. She's an entrepreneur. And most recently, she was featured in this new Wondery podcast series called Fed Up, which was about her feud with this uh, dietitian who founded F Factor, Tanya Zuckerbrot. Now, if you weren't paying attention to this feud when it was happening, essentially, Emily's DMs were becoming inundated by people who were allegedly sickened by Tanya's products. And Emily essentially led a crusade for these people posting all of their stories on her Instagram account, which then led to Tanya suing Emily for defamation, not once, but twice. And Emily is here to share her story and some of the insider details about her feud with Tanya. Emily, thank you so much for joining. This is so funny to me because like there were very specific moments during like lockdown quarantine that stick out of my mind. One was like 
the celebrities doing that like pass the mic imagine song <laughs> tiger king oh, <laughs> tiger king and you and tanya zuckerbrot oh, basically becoming like my real housewives like look i fully admit that i love watching rich white women fight it is my favorite pastime it is why i love bravo okay so like for me this was like purely entertainment and it's like i don't want to make light of it because i know that like this whole story has evolved because essentially you were becoming an activist for people who were sending stories about using the F-Factor product. And that's what really started the feud. And for people who don't really know the background, um, Wondery is doing like a really great six-part series where they just break down sort of everything that happened starting in 2020 until now. Now, just curious, like when did you find out Wondery was even doing this series? I knew since last summer. So I did my first, they approached me July or August of 2021. And then I started recording in August of 2021. So I've no, I knew for like a year I kept my mouth shut. Which is, oh, wow. oh, damn, that must have been that hard. That was very hard for me. But but Tanya loves, if I'm excited about anything, she instantly wants to like crush all my dreams. And, you know, so I, I learned to shut my mouth. Now, when you heard they were doing this, were you excited or were you kind of fearful that it had been reignited? Because at this point, you had already, now for people who don't know, you have been served with two lawsuits, one in like October 2020 and one in now in March of 2022. So you had already been served the first lawsuit when they started the series. So were you kind of like, uh, I don't know if I want to rehash this right now? Um, no, I wanted the story to get out there. I want, you know, I want as much potential press attention and spotlight on the story because I want there to be some justice for the victims of this woman and of this diet. So, and and honestly, I didn't know what Wondery was <laughs> in the beginning, but like people in the business and like agents at CAA that I was talking to were like, well, they're good. And this will, you know, if it, you've, a Wondery podcast is a nice shortcut to TV, that's usually what they do. And like, I didn't even know they were owned by Amazon, but I learned that. And then, you know, they told me a few podcasts that I could listen to that were they felt were similar in vibe. And they told me, listen to Shrink Next Door and Dr. Death. And I was like, okay, I think I'm going to participate. Yeah. And the podcast has been number one for a while, like for at least a week yeah. on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. And it's been living at Spotify. number one. Yeah. 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 And, and I know it's... It, not all the episodes are out yet, but what do you like so far? What do you think about how they are portraying the story? Um, I think they made it a little salacious, which is not maybe like what I would want. But I, I do know that one of the writers on it, Sass Goldberg, um, has been dying to make it into scripted television for since the beginning. Like she followed it religiously and she like had a whole vision and she was a writer for the podcast. And mm-hmm. I can see it like living in a streamer like platform, like <laughs> in a scripted television way. And so I kind of see the episodes in that way. And I think for the most part, like 95% of it, I'm happy with. So, you know, I appreciate like what they did. If they did make this a scripted series, I'm just curious, like who would you want to play you and who would you want to play Tanya? <laughs> Okay, I don't know, but Sass said it, so it's stuck in my mind ever since we had this first meeting. She was like, I see Jennifer Lawrence as you, and like, 
Julia Roberts, Julia Roberts as Tanya. And I was like, okay. I'm okay. Like, you're like, I can see that. I think yeah. you're naming like A-list actresses. Like, I think you're crazy, <laughs> but sure. Well, what do you think about it is about this story that ignites like people's like it's a fire inside because it's not just like us who have been like following it it's not just like um you know people in the wellness community it really feels like this like universal story somehow and i don't really know why so what do you think it is I mean, I think a, a lot of people have made reference to like a David and Goliath type story. I think that there, it just depends on like she represents one whole world on Instagram. I represent another. Like she's a more classic uptown lady who cares about elegance or so called elegance, let's say. Um, like the downtown grunt. I'm not grungy, but like according to her, I live in a pigsty. Like, you know, so whatever, make, make what you will of it. So, I think it's how people see themselves and like, you know, people, I think in the pandemic got tired of like bullshitters on the internet, like not being called out. And she's like a prime example of that. The difference is she has such deep pockets that she can't even be canceled because she's going to keep going. You know what I mean? Like she's going to go on forever because she could afford to have lawsuits, lose money, like, but she's still going to go around gallivanting about her life and crying one minute that I'm her stalker, but then like posting her hotel the next day in Capri. So it's, or whatever, Lake Como, I don't know. She's on vacation every other week. I can't keep track. Now, was there a moment, because, you know, obviously looking at both sides and when we DM'd, I was very honest, like, you know, my followers want to deep dive on this and I want to see both sides of it. So I've obviously spent a lot of time on like all sorts of accounts. And you know, you can you have to take everything with a grain of salt, because I don't know who's behind a lot of these anonymous accounts, I can really only sort of like listen to these stories. But obviously, some of the pro Tanya accounts, you know, they'll, they'll pull out stuff from your history. And they'll say, well, look, there's this picture of you where you're, you know, saying my diet this week is air consumption. And you know, and look, I'm from New York, like I get it, like there was a very skinny culture diet culture that existed. But did something happen between, you know, that Emily, and Emily that, you know, went after F factor that changed in you? No, I think like diet culture is what it is, but there's a, there's levels to it. Like, I don't know of any other diet getting people this sick. And like, you know, she has a product in the mix that people were consuming that they were getting sick from. So, you know, I think people, women go in and out of diets. That's like very normal. Like there's times in my life where I'm so strict about what I eat and I'm really mindful of it and I'm working out and I'm like super in that phase. And then, I just had a baby like I'm like more like eh, like, you know, and I I don't want to be like so diet obsessed and have that like run my life, especially after what I've uncovered these last two years about how sad and how deep the wounds are for people. They've been so affected by this and, you know, it's really hurt them and it's ser- way more serious than it's ever hurt me. So I'm trying to be more mindful of like what I portray on the internet. And I don't want to be a phony. Like, I don't want to be like, I don't diet. And then I'm secretly like eating 200 calories a day, like to lose weight. Like, I don't want to be that person. Hi, 
Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. After season one aired, I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. And of course, my 90-year-old mom, Judy. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me Season 2 is out March 27th from Lemonada Media. People love to pretend that there are simple formulas for living your best life now. Eat this and you won't get sick. Manifest it and everything will work out. But there are some things you can choose and some things you can't. And it's okay that life isn't always getting better. I'm Kate Bowler, and on Everything Happens, I speak with kind, smart, funny people about life as it really is. Beautiful, terrible, and everything in between. Let's be human together. Everything Happens is available wherever you get your podcasts. Now, I mean, we're in this age right now. I mean, I do a lot of the same thing. I call myself a social media journalist because people are really starved for this sort of like journalism that, you know, is more, you know, like I think that bigger publications maybe not go after. They don't go as deep dive as maybe, you know, Instagram accounts or TikTok accounts will do. You know, is there... Would you have pursued this so much maybe if lockdown hadn't been a thing? Was it all the combination of like being in lockdown and 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 finding something to do? Is that what blew it up or were you going to like go after this regardless and are there other are there other companies that you're interested in pursuing that you think might be harming people? Yes, I mean if first of all if I had legal protection, I would be going after plenty of people, um, you know, bad mm-hmm. people. Like a Dexter, you know, but not like yeah. killing people. But like, you know, you know what I mean? Uh, but, killing the brand, yeah. Uh, yeah, but like, yeah, I, if I felt protected in some way, I would want to use my platform to do more of this type of work because I think it's really important and I know I helped a lot of people. Um, there's a sad reality, though, in this country. There's wealth disparity and wealth can move certain meters certain ways and she's able to use her money to influence and, you know, scare people. And she can lose a million dollars suing me if she wants to. I don't have that kind of money to be able to do that. I, I can't do that. So that's a problem for me personally. Um, and I don't think the pandemic, though, is the reason. It, it didn't make me want to do it anymore. It, it has nothing to do with me. Is it why people were maybe more receptive to it? I think there were a lot of people that hate her that wanted to see this go down because they felt like she was getting away with something maybe she shouldn't be getting away with. And they knew her personally and they were like, she's not a good person. And then there was the rumblings of the diet. And I kind of talked about this on the Dumois podcast, like Dumois got a lot more personal claims about her. I got a lot more diet claims about her. And I really wasn't interested in the personal salacious claims about her. And there's still a lot I haven't even touched. Like I haven't even brought them up. Because I really don't want to go there. I think her person, her persona speaks for itself. If people are avid social media watchers, I think they can kind of tell her message. I don't think I really need to get into that. Here and there, I've said certain things that I think kind of round out the story, but that's not really my goal. I do think 
things bubbled up in the pandemic. Like there were some influencers really pissing people off and they wanted them called out. Yeah. But I think it, it would have happened either way. Now, one of the accounts that was brought up during the uh, Wondery series was this account, F Factor Facts. And I noticed this week that they went live for the first time. Now, when we were listening to the series, they were an anonymous account. And Romy is her name, has now gone live and done, I think it was like a 60-minute live, um, sort of like going through this list of stuff. Now, well, what do you think the reason is that she decided to go live? Is it because, um, is it having to do with the case? Is it because, I mean, I feel like it's been alluded to, like this whole television series. Is it because there's a TV series and people want to be attached to this to get their side out and they can only do that if they're not anonymous? Like, what what do you think it would be? Well, Wondery wouldn't let anybody go on anonymously. So they needed to part. They needed to they needed to verify their full identity to be a part of the series. Got it. I am in the process of finding out Romy's last name to take legal action myself for that account and things that have gone on. But I had to do some digging for that. I did not get that information from Wondery, but they vetted her. They they stand behind that. They know who she is. My whole thing is that you can't vet how many different people log into an Instagram account. So did she create it? Yes. Is it affiliated to her? Yes. Does that mean someone else can't log in and do shit? I don't think so. So that's my like iffy take on that. Um, there's there's no TV deals that have been like signed yet. There's a lot of talking about them, but it, it, I mean, I guess like I don't think they're going to I don't know that they would let her go on anonymously. Maybe a victim they would, but I don't think her. But like also like her. To me, Tanya is more of a cult leader and this is a cult like setting and these people are just like diehards. I don't know how she convinces them. I don't know if there's monetary gain for them. I don't know. I, I, I might never know. I really have no idea of why somebody I don't have fans that would like go die hard for me like that. You know, I have people that would testify like under oath, but that's a little different than like. These pages are are disgusting about me, you know. Yeah, who become like little armies for people, and like it's like a like, are you team Depp or are you team Heard? Like, there's this like weird grossness on the internet that when there is a feud, I feel like people just pick their avatar and then go after the other person, even if they don't have skin in the game, which is really gross. And also, like, you guys are real people. Like, yes, you're influencers and you're you have some notoriety, but like your lives are online. Like those things really affect you guys. And I guess my question is, you know, like because those people that did come out, like technically they're coming out anonymously, they're coming out in a way that's like hearsay, you know what I mean? And we keep thinking of hearsay as this thing that's like something we can't rely on, something that we can't trust in like how did you feel about the idea of of hearsay before all of this happened because it seems like you made the decision to start sharing but i mean did you ever have like uh i guess i i would love to know your mindset around sharing those stories and um yeah tell me more about that i mean i think like i vetted them to the best of my ability and like i don't see anybody's reason to make up a story like that and lie you know what do you have to gain of lying about being sick from a diet to me on the internet there's no gain for me there's no gain for them 
You know, if somebody hated Tanya Zuckerberg so much, they can make up a fake page and talk shit about her all day long. Like, you know, telling me they got sick from her diet is not going to cancel her if it was one person, if it was two. I was getting hundreds, then thousands of messages a day. This is a, you know, this woman was selling a million dollars worth of product a month, 175,000 orders, according to her. That's a lot of protein powder. That's a lot of people in a very short period of time. So there are validity to these claims, and I did the best of my ability to vet them. I'm not a journalist. I never claimed to be a journalist. I begged the media to cover this story. They didn't want to pick it up. So I kind of took the baton from there. But then they eventually did pick it up. I mean, you had the New York Times article, which was obviously a huge article. And I assume the two journalists, I think it was Katie Rosman and Abby Ellen, like they vetted you and they, you know, they put in, you know, like the one story that seemed to sneak in, but everything else they seemed to vet and say, like, you know, they stand behind the story still to this day, I assume. Everyone has vetted what I've said. Major publications, Wondery, these are ma- massive companies. They don't just put things out. There, there's no question to anyone of the validity of what I did, except for Tanya Zuckerberg and her army of loyal followers. Now, Tanya hasn't spoken much. I mean, obviously, we would love to also have Tanya on the show. What? And she goes live every day. I, she, she might go live, but I don't feel like she I don't feel like she talks about the story in the same way you do. I feel like she lives her life online and does her F factor thing. I don't feel like I've heard from her too much of the side of the story. Again, like I see accounts um, on her behalf. I don't know if I necessarily see her speaking so much. Um, just like, well, but you, so you're saying you think you see her all the time. Do you think she, she talks about this case and I'm just missing it? Yeah. She talks about me a lot, but, um, yeah, she doesn't speak to publications that much because my opinion is that she liked the media when they were pro her. So when they said, yay, Tanya, everything you do is amazing. You're the best dietitian ever for Megyn Kelly and Olivia Culpo. She liked them. But now that if there's po- problems or there, she doesn't allow criticism. Okay. You're not allowed to criticize Tanya Zuckerberg. I see what you mean. Yeah, because I saw some of the lives that you shared that where she was talking about you, and uh, I believe in one of them she compared you to Jeffrey Dahmer. Yes, she is, compared uh... me to a serial killer that eats people. <laughs> she said I'm like a serial killer that eats people. But so. you're saying, I, I mean, I see what you're saying. So it's more like. It's more like she's willing to speak if it's like one sided, like she's telling her side of the story, but like she's not willing to take questions. Yeah, like every Uh, every mm -hmm. interview that I've done with every major publication has said, like, just so you know, we're going to reach out to Tanya. Like, I know that that's how this works now. Like for fair journalism, everybody reaches out. But I don't think if she can't control the outcome, she's not interested. So on her lives, she can control it. And, you know, in her world, she can really control the narrative. If somebody's asking a question, though, outside of her world and she doesn't like it, you know, that gets iffy, I think, for her. Do you think there's a chance? So obviously, like I, sp- <laughs> I spent a lot of time just looking through the complaints because that's what I do now is go through celebrity trials and read their complaints. And so I read through all of it. And one thing that stuck out to me, and I'm just wondering what you thought about it, is like in all of these complaints, one thing that she really points out over and over and I and, and I think this is when she still had Lonnie Davis representing her and Lonnie Davis is a really high profile attorney I think represented Michael Cohen represented like Bill Clinton like a really ho- high profile attorney was pointing out how when you know this sort of online harassment was happening back and forth between both sides that you know she would reach out or her husband reach out or people would reach out to Facebook and Instagram and say like shut this down you know this violates terms and conditions do you think 
like the way I read it, it really did feel like potentially she was setting herself up for a actual larger lawsuit against like the Facebook and the Instagram. And not to say it, but like almost using you as a pawn. Like, I don't know if you feel that way. Do you feel like this is like, this lawsuit is serving like a bigger need she's going after in the long game? I feel like her legal counsel advised her, like, you're no chance you're going to win that. You know, like, that's really going to be an uphill battle. So I feel like that's why make a public example out of me and like, you know, where she can really drag me. But Facebook, Instagram, Amazon, you know, they have unlimited legal funds. They have unlimited legal funds. But yeah, I mean, I know people, the Section 230 has been really brought up a lot in, in a lot of things of like how platforms you know, let everything kind of be the Wild West. And, it. you know, I'm just wondering if maybe she's looking to be an activist in a different way because of this. Mm. No, I don't know. She really only cares about herself. So if it serves her, sure. I don't think she's out there for other people. So Yeah, I think that this actually totally fits into that narrative too, Emily, though, because it could be very like kind of like culture wars, sort of like figuring into the larger like sort of um, conversation about social media and kind of censorship as well as sort of truth on social media. So I could definitely see that angle, um, Kiki. And I I don't know, it's, this is giving me in terms of like, in terms of like her, not just like personality and, and kind of brand, but it's, it's giving me very like mean girls. It's giving me like, it's giving me, but in such a complex way that when I try to sort of like fit it all in my head, it, I, I really struggle to, um, let's say it's like, I, I struggle to understand the the controversy aside from really trying to focus on the victims and what's going on with the, the people, the things that actually happen to the people, which is maybe where the focus yeah. actually should be, you know? Yeah, I, I've always, I've said, like, I think, like, the things that made it popular is, like, all the antics and, like, probably whatever, but I don't like that it took away from the victims and, like, it's not a regret because like I did what I did and I have in the moment, there are reasons why I did whatever I did, but like, I wish that it could be recentered around, okay, these people got sick. That's why I'm trying to do this class action for them so that like they can get repaid, you know, some monies due to them and, you know, kind of move on. If Tanya were to come to you today and say, look, like I just want this done. Let's each take our losses. I don't even know how much you've spent in lawyers. I don't even, it would probably give me a heart attack. And I don't, you know, and we, and you said, let's each take our losses and go away. Would you walk away from this just so it would be over knowing that like a case, like a class action couldn't go through, but just so that this would be done? No, I really want to see FDA regulation. I want to see change in the space. I didn't go through all this for nothing. Like, there's no way that people should be telling people what to eat on the internet without, you know, if you talk about COVID, for example, right? If you talk about vaccine, a thing pops up on the bottom, like for information about the COVID vaccine. That's how it should be for people talking about diets. There are plenty of non-licensed, non-whatever people that are just out there shelling information. Who the hell knows if what they're saying is true or not? And especially about talking about a protein powder or a vitamin or things you're consuming. Like, to me, that's very alarming. Hi, 
I'm June Diane Raphael. And I'm Jessica St. Clair. And each week we are sitting down to talk all about life's twists, turns, and absurdities on The Deep Dive. From exploring the depths of TikTok, which is our only news source, to navigating the complexities of grief and loss, we are just two best friends behind a mic processing life together. This podcast is all about finding the silver linings in the madness. So get ready for unfiltered conversations about motherhood, careers, pop culture, and everything in between. Here at The Deep Dive, we're all about community. We believe in the power of sharing experiences and the strength that comes from supporting one another. And we would love to have you with us. So be sure to join us every Wednesday on The Deep Dive from Lemonada Media, wherever you get your podcasts. Last Day is a show about the moments that change us. I just don't think I will ever get used to this. I'm Stephanie Whittles-Wax, and I have had one of these moments. We all have. So let's unpack the chaos that is our human existence together. I don't believe things happen for a reason. I don't believe the universe has a plan. Each week, I sit down with a new guest to explore happy, sad stories of transformation. It's leaning far, far into the pain. That's what it is. Listen to Last Day wherever you get your podcasts. I do want to point out, we, I mean, we heard in the last episode of Wondery, they they tested the powder and they said it, it was the same um, results that I think that the Today Show or the Certificate of Analysis show. And so sort of like the, the powder seemed to say like, okay, this is safe. But is your point that even though that the certificates say that they're safe, that people were still sick and that needs to be addressed? Well, first of all, yeah, there's a there's a few things. They're safe, but like you need I I think it's important to point out the products used in her powder are for example not legal in Europe. So, they're legal in the United States, they're not legal abroad. First of all, second of all, they can get away with saying it's safe, but in California it has a prop 65 warning for lead. So, let's say that you're okay with having a little bit a day. There's no warning for how much is too much. So people were eating it six times a day. So if one scoop has 20 something grams, they were eating 100, 120. So that's dangerous. That's a serious thing. Yeah. And like baking into their cakes Cake, and using sauce, it. It's weird. Salad yeah. dressing, coffee, smoothie, ice cream, you name it. They. I will say as someone who has been on diets, you know, for a large part of their life, like... We don't listen. I will say this for myself. Mm-hmm. Like even today, I there was a woman on TikTok and she's taking these pills and she said she lost weight and I bought the pills. I, yeah. I'm not saying I'm a great example. What I'm saying is I bought the pills. I got it. And the pill on the on the bottle it said take one. I've been taking two every day. Oh my and god. So I, Why are you doing that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Don't but what I'm saying is like I do it's like I, I can see both sides of it where it's like the manufacturer saying this is absolutely safe. But Kiki, you're a fucking idiot. And so but Kiki, you're not a registered dietitian claiming to help people, are you? Yeah, that's the difference. If you're a consumer and you're choosing to do that, then you wouldn't be suing them. If you got sick, would you say it's their fault? Also? No, no I, I'd right. be like, I'm a I'm a dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Do you think the reason? Do you think the reason they're not really specifying amounts is to get people to to buy more and more and more because they think they need a lot of it? They were selling a million dollars a month. It's a lot of powder. Exactly, because that yeah, it makes it makes sense. Because I feel like if you're like, for example, taking like an ibuprofen or something, it tells you like, hey, take one every eight hours, and this is how much. It's you're- a it's a business. People forget it's a business. She can go online all day and say that she cares about people and she does this for people and she wants to help people, but it's not a nonprofit, right? She's suing me for loss of income. Yeah. It's a business. Do you I do you have fears that this is going to drag on for years and years and and yes. like never end? Yes. <laughs> Cuz where do, do you go from that. here? Like I just like where do you go? Like also I don't know. Like let's say this goes all the wrong ways and let's say that you end up getting a judgment of $750,000. Like for me, I would literally like pass out. Like I I I know that I would like it would be the end like but like w- what happens? Like, if that happens, like, do you, can you move forward? You're, you're saying it's, it's never, never going to happen. No, okay. I mean, if you're, if you're like, if you're a lawyer and you really like reading the case, like there's, there's no land where that happens. I mean, honestly, what I think is going to happen is it, the, the, ju- the judge is going to laugh and say, this case is ridiculous. And even if I did slander her, which I didn't, but even if I did, she slandered me back. So it's like, you know, she's talked a lot of shit about me online. So I think it's going to end up fighting over who's going to pay whose legal bills. So who wins? The lawyers. And who loses? The victims. You know? Sucks. That's sad. I, lawyers always win. I they do. You should have been a lawyer. <laughs> how, do, how do the people around you, like, how is everyone reacting? Like, is are they tired of it? Are they, like, totally there with you? Like, what's going on with your support network? Like, how are you keeping up? Yeah, I mean, they're definitely tired of it, but also they know and they understand. And, like, you know, they want to see it through also. Like, this is kind of... The begin this to me this wave is the beginning of the end. Like this, the wondery won't be the last thing. This won't be mm, over. But yeah. this is the final hump, in my opinion, to get law enforcement involved, to get government regulation involved, to actually make change. I got to make a little bit more noise to do so, but I'm willing to make that sacrifice in order to do it. It's badass. Well, I, Emily, I'm going to say thank you for joining. Um, thank you for I having think that- me. I know that this won't be the end. I know that my followers are still want even more. Even though we gave them like this whole hour of you, they're still going to be like, but I want more. I want to hear more side. And, you know, again, like obviously, <laughs> you know, um, look, I not to make light of it, but this is this is my real housewives and this um, um, I'm going to carry it on. So thank you for joining Emily. Everyone can find you at Emily Gellis on IG anywhere else. That, anything that's else it. You that's have my main. Share? That's my main shtick. Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Emily. Thanks, guys. Thank Thank you you so much. Okay, well, now it's time for my favorite segment that we do every week, which is Sorry Not Sorry, where we either demand an apology from someone or we apologize. And this week, I'm going to start with Doha, like always. So, yes, this week, like Kiki last week, this week, I have to apologize to myself. We are really, truly our own inner saboteurs, you know? Um, I have to apologize to myself because I've noticed a pattern in the past, like, I don't know, 30-something years of my life where I I struggle to return things that don't fit me or that I don't want, right? 
And so I order these things and then I'm like, oh, I'm going to try it on. And then I try it on and it doesn't work. And guess whose packages just sit unreturned in like my little foyer area to the point where like now I'm out of that money because I just didn't return it. And now I have these pieces of clothing that I don't actually like. And I just truly need to get my shit together and I need to send that shit back. So I I made a um a commitment with myself yesterday essentially to like try to send it back at the very moment that like I receive them if I don't like them. So I'm really going to try to hold myself to that. This is not New Year's, so I can't call this a resolution, but I can call it a pinky promise from Oha to Oha. And um that's it. I'm sorry, Oha. I'm sorry. You deserve that money back, and you I feel can't you. get it. I mean, wow. I, I'm, I'm, pr- I'm looking at a outfit right now that I did not like. I don't want to wear, but it's well past the 45 days, and I'm stuck with it now. So, what about you, Kiki? What's what's happening with you this week? Oh, you know what? Like, um, I had sort of let this go, but I just like I don't know if it was just this week in particular. It was really bothering me because I had all the windows open, and it just was like even more. Um, egregious, but my new neighbor, you know, I love my neighborhood, you know, I'm trying to like, you know, get to know my neighbors and be one of those people that actually knows their neighbors. Because in New York, I never knew my neighbors, right? You know, I feel like something about California me wants to know my neighbors a little bit more. But there's this one neighbor and he has a motorcycle. And you know how I feel like the sound of motorcycles just really get under my skin in a way I can't explain it. And every morning, like clockwork, he revs his motorcycle right outside the window, which is like, and just like, vroom, vroom, vroom. And then before he takes off, and I'm just like, but why? But why is that necessary? I truly think that's the only reason they have those <laughs> motorcycles. It's for like, they just fucking love those noises. It's like when someone has like a BMW and you see them on the highway, they have to let you know that it makes that noise. And I'm just like, yeah, we are aware. We've heard it before. Like, I just want to know who does this impress. Yeah. Like, in their minds, like someone like, listen, like, like you're just like at 7 a.m., you just wake up and you're like, oh, my God, this is so fucking awesome. I think it just this impresses other motorcycle riders and other, you know, hot rod driver. Like, it's like the only people <laughs> who get turned on. Yeah. By that. I know who it startles. I know who it scares. I know who it annoys. And that's me. But impress is not the word that I would use. One hundred percent. Oh, absolutely not. It's definitely not not impressive. If yeah, if you ride a motorcycle, I mean, I'm glad you're getting to places uh, quicker than other people, I guess. But stop, stop. Yeah. I think that's a fair assessment. Well, speaking of speaking of transportation, I know we've uh, talked maybe like a week or two ago about like how people would listen to stuff out loud on the subway and that we hate that. Or yes. sometimes they do it at the beach where they just play volume. It's just like the volume is like out loud and everyone has to hear what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I unfortunately need to apologize because I have done that <gasps> last week. What did you do? I had my, uh, my AirPods on and I thought... Uh, what I was listening to was from my uh, AirPod, but it was not. It was my phone. <laughs> it was my phone. I was listening straight from my phone speaker on the subway. A menace. And here's the worst part. Here's the worst part. I wish at least people around me were like, okay, at least he's listening to these cool songs that we like and he's sharing with us. No, no. 
It was an audiobook. Oh, God. Now, everyone thinks I'm an asshole, also pretentious. I'm just like, <laughs> uh, look at me at gaining a knowledge oh, on this that's train. That's mortifying. What was the book, though? It was the uh, Surveillance in the Age of Capitalism. Oh, God. You're such a pretentious asshole. I thought you were going to say Peppa Pig <laughs> right? or something British. God. God. And and this is the this is the funny part. Well, okay. It's called... the. It's called The Age of Surveillance Capitalism. That's the name of the book. <laughs> and it's so funny to me because I'm reading about that. I'm reading about surveillance and how, you know, like these companies like surveil you and like uh, your information being shared with the public. And I was literally just doing that. I was volunteering what I was doing with with the public of New York City. And I would like to apologize to everyone who was And I'm just imagining scene. how loud your phone must have been for you. It, you thinking it's coming through the AirPods. It, like, the phone had to be pretty damn loud. loud. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. It, 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 it was loud. And it's so funny because, like, you can... Like, it was like, you know, I was, like, wearing a mask on the train. I was, like, doing... Like, minding my own... I was doing all of these things that you do to protect those people around you. But for some reason, that was the hill I was dying on, which is turning my volume on on my phone and having everyone listen to it. So people cannot even assess what kind of person oh, I was. Yep. But hey, uh, if you're on the train and uh, you know your headphones are on, make sure that it's not, <laughs> you know, it's not your phone and listen to this podcast. Continue listening to it on the train. And maybe, you know what? Play yeah. it on the speaker. Share it that with we, other people. That we will approve of. <laughs> If you are listening to our podcast, blast it loud. Let everyone hear and be like, what are you listening to? Well, three of the funniest people I fucking know. (laughs) That's right, Kiki. Yes. (sighs) I'm Sorry is a Lemonada Media original. The show is produced by Alex McCohen. Supervising producer is Chrissy Pease. Our executive producers are Stephanie Whittles-Wax and Jessica Cordova-Kramer. Our mix is by Kat Yor, and theme music was composed by Xander Singh. If you like this show, please rate and review. And please don't cancel us. You can find out more about our show at Lemonada Media on all social platforms or follow us on Instagram at I'm sorry underscore podcast. We'll be back next week. And until then, be nice, play fair, and always say I'm sorry. Thanks for listening. Last Day from Lemonada Media explores the moments that change us. Those times where you look back and say, whoa, one day I was myself and the next I wasn't. I'm Stephanie Whittles-Wax and I have seen time and time again how sharing these stories can change lives. So do you have a moment in your life that changed you fundamentally and forever? What happened? How did you move through it? And how did you eventually start again? If you'd like to share your story, go to bit.ly slash lastdaystories, bit.ly slash lastdaystories. We can't wait to hear from you. Hey, listeners, I'm here today to tell you about Lemonada Media's newest limited podcast series called Declined. This series takes you through the journey of two exceptional women from incarceration to freedom, ultimately leading to the creation of the Returning Artists Guild, an organization that uplifts the artwork of currently and formerly incarcerated artists across the country. Call Declined is out now, wherever you get your podcasts.